Welcome to the Old Dog New Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff West, and I'm going to spend some time talking about tech and looking at how the old dog ways really are all that old. I'm going to look at some integration ideas, discuss some successes and failures, and show you that it's really not about being perfect, but it's about being patient when it comes to integrating technology. I'm a high school educator, been teaching music band for most of my career, but I am a a big tech enthusiast, and I really enjoy uh, researching and finding answers and ways to integrate tech that don't take up so much time. Let's get going. Well, welcome to the Old Dog New Tech Podcast. This is episode five. I'm Jeff West, and we're going to take a look at reflection. Reflect on reflecting. Sign for the pun. So I'm getting ready to uh, start school uh, tomorrow. Here in my district, we wait till the day right after Labor Day in Michigan. We do that. Not all schools do it, though. It's changed over the years, like so many things in education. But uh, this past month, I uh, decided what word would be my focus for tech integration this year. I tried to just pick a word and then integrate it as much as I can into my lessons uh, in any small or, uh, you know, primary focus any way I can. Last year, it was reflection. And this year, it's going to be uh, interaction or interactive tech trying to make any tech that I use um, more interactive. So a lot of times those two can be done together. And they're very effective when they are. At least that's what I've seen. So I wanted to tell you about my experiences from last year and then talk a little bit more about my focus for this year. So let's take a minute, or actually 15 or so, and do some reflection. All right, so reflecting as a teacher, this is what we do. This is what we've been trained to do. And actually, we've been doing this for quite some time as students. We, If we take a look at the uh, a definition of reflection, we, we, see, we can see that it is a process of exploring and examining ourselves, our perspectives, attributes, experiences, and actions or interactions. And they took that from uh, the article by Gillette and Martella in 2009, which I included in my show notes. So, like I said, as with students, we did this when we were directed. Of course, sometimes we might have done it, say, if someone was giving us an unsolicited critique of what we were wearing that day, or even before we walk out the door, we might reflect. But even that reflection is not really technically a reflection. So let's talk about a little bit more about that. As pre-teachers, we went through constant uh, classes on how to reflect and teach reflection, even though sometimes we were not starting the lesson with today class, we're going to be reflecting and looking at reflecting, but we were looking at ways to 
do the reflection process, whether writing a lesson plan or beforehand or, or taking a look at how it went after. As a veteran teacher, I am constantly trying to model ways to reflect and reflect in a group. And I'm always looking for different ways to think about how to do this and to teach it. Because it is somewhat of a complex process, and sometimes that alone is a reason that it doesn't get done well. Because time is such an issue for anything anymore. We've gone and gotten ourselves in such a hurry that sometimes we abandon best practices for time-saving. So I'm sure any teacher realizes that it's less effective without the complete process. It's that reflection is less effective. It can build critical thinking and creativity in individuals. And in groups, it also gives a chance to build those collaboration and communication skills. Individual reflection, I'm pretty sure anyone that's been teaching for any amount of time, even just coming out of college, is aware of the journaling ideas or uh, now we have video recording where we can uh, do a quick reflection on a video and share it. We can observe someone else and we can have a peer review where we do something like a teacher evaluation. And hopefully then you get that reflection when you come back. And that's, that's more what I'm talking about. That process, not the initial reflection of someone else upon what you're doing, and then they don't share anything with you, but rather that sharing aspect. In my teaching and, and band directing, a lot of barriers were put up because students didn't always know how to communicate effectively or respectfully their observations. So last year was my year for using tech to, to help with the reflection process and maybe to make it more engaging because we've done it. I've taught it. Uh, every musician goes through the reflection process. We all know what that is. Artist uh, of any sort, um, not just visual, but you know, if you're uh, an architect or a builder or, you know, you're always, you're reflecting upon the effectiveness of what you're doing and devising a plan to make it more effective. But students don't have that experience yet. Considering if your goals and objectives are met and forming a plan to improve them, and then, of course, we also note our successes so we can, be re we can repeat those is the common process of reflection. In general, you start with an event or a process. You reflect on it. You have conclusions and a plan of action, and then you repeat. So because I teach a group activity, I really wanted to look at the group process. And for me, this has always been a challenge. We, I have always taught my students to reflect and to take a look at what we are trying to attain in tone and intonation and, or rhythm or blend or 
uh, mood, all those types of criteria that typically any state uh, organization that has a band festival that's adjudicated band festival, those words are going to be somewhere on that adjudication sheet. So everyone can take a look at those words and you can define them and you can do worksheets on them and you can have them repeat and talk to their neighbor about it and do all those types of reflections. But they still don't always get home because I don't think there's a, a meaningful connection there. And these are just words. They're words they said probably in English class or uh, science or any other class. And so fatigue, education fatigue kind of builds in. So I wanted to take a look at reflecting meaningfully. And probably the biggest barrier I came up against was that relationship factor that I spoke to that students don't always know how to talk to each other when they don't agree with their ideas. They revert back to the older language that they're familiar with from middle school, and that's not effective. Might have been effective in middle school, but not not anymore. So one of the pieces of uh, that I want to share with you that I got from my reflection and that I tried to model last year as a teacher was some um, research and presentation by Dr. Martin Epler. And I put a link to one of his slide shares from 2015. Um, and uh, he has been coming, been suggesting, there's the word, he's been suggesting that the the old brainstorming idea should be abandoned. We shouldn't be doing that because it has several pitfalls. And I found that a lot of my classroom time was kind of a quasi-brainstorming, even if I didn't say, hey, let's brainstorm. And I see the method. There are methods out there, and you can become uh, certified, I suppose, in, in a, as a brainstorming leader. But I think the barriers, particularly... Um, outweigh the the strength of the idea. For me, the barrier, some of the barriers rather, are are the fact that sometimes people uh, monopolize the conversation, and they also become a judge and jury, and they themselves are not effective communicators. So if you happen to pop up with an idea and oh we tried that before, let's not do that. No, that'll never work. And so right there, for many people, boom, they shut down. They're not going to say anymore. So. You're getting creativity of one or two people when it's a group activity and you want creativity from everybody. And we know that if everybody has a relationship and everybody has an input, they're going to be more engaged and they're going to learn and most likely your group's going to do better. So within his research, I found uh, he had a suggestion for a way to effectively provide feedback during what he calls his creability teams. So it's it's still trying to promote the same idea that brainstorming would do with getting a creative solution to a problem and team building, except he has other procedures, a uh, framework for organizing people and proceeding through this process of problem solving. One of the pieces within this is what I wanted to bring up to you about the feedback. He says, he suggests utilizing a positive potential concern and overcome. I'll say that again. Positive potential 
Concern and Overcome, PPCO. He uses this formula, and you can find this uh, in the slideshare that's in uh, my show notes. So that would sound something like this. I like the idea. There's the positive. It may solve our problem, potential. But I see budget as an issue, concern. Let's talk to the boss about this and look at our budget and see if we can get it to work. Overcome. It's that last part I think that gets left out with young people. They don't look at being a problem solver and how could they help someone else get better? How could they help that person improve, which then helps the group improve? The problem solving with respect for all people. No matter if you think the idea doesn't have any value, you could be wrong. I mean, there are exceptions, of course, uh, extreme exceptions. But in most cases, sometimes someone thinks of things from a different perspective. And it's that combination of their perspective and yours that the problem solution happens. And you don't always see this modeled on social media. So this was a, a real important, uh, that's a real important point I made a, make a lot with uh, with my students. Just by a simple raise your hand, how many of you have seen this type of exchange, positive exchange on social media? And there's usually not very many hands. But they definitely see the negative. So I'm trying to give them experiences and ideas and ways that they can have some positive feedback when they're collaborating and reflecting. Because as these students of mine become the leaders, we want them then to model that. So I think this is a very effective, it worked very well for me. I'm starting to see it come back as a regular uh, occurrence. I don't have to remind them or uh, and I don't say, oh, no, go back to the PPCO model. No, I, I usually just analyze the piece that's missing, and then I try to interject it. So if they say, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I like the idea, but um, man, maybe it will help us get this done. But my concern is that people won't like it. And there's where it stops. So what's the next sentence? That's up to you. That's up to you, but I think that's a very good model, and I think it, it can prove to be very positive in uh, in the reflecting group reflecting process. So I know anything, anytime that we talk about integrating anything in, in education, we're already overwhelmed with so many things to do, which brings in the time aspect. So some, this sounds like a lot of time that you have to learn something, you have to do something. Well, hopefully that model of positive potential concern and overcome will be something that you can just kind of integrate and use and just patiently use it. Don't try to get it and hammer it home. I don't think this is something you hammer home. So often we have to have that specific, measurable, actionable, relevant, and time-bound goal and if a tool requires a lot of time on how to use it, then we just might avoid it altogether. So remember, though, 
that a tech tool, if it doesn't enhance your learning, or you could achieve the goal without it, then maybe, maybe integrating is not the right choice for that lesson or goal. If it engages the students to collaborate, critically think, create, and communicate, or a majority of those, then I think you need to integrate. Maybe you get some help. But at least spend some time exploring the possibilities. Research blog posts or podcasts or go on Twitter, Facebook, Google+. Plus. Heck, even in the Google search bar, just type in what you want to do, what question you have. And you'll probably get all of those things I just mentioned. Set some time on that. Do it for 15 minutes. And then move on. If you don't find your answer, then move on. Come back to it again later. But set some practices for looking into tech. I think we've all been trained as teachers to study for hours on particular subjects. We got a final coming up, so we spend hours and hours on that subject. And the beauty of tech is that it's with you all the time. You don't have to do it when you're doing your lesson plans. Do it when you're sitting in the doctor's office, lobby, waiting room. On a car ride. Something. Something where there's, you can fill that time. And again, don't spend the whole time. I mean, I'm, I'm a big downtime person. Got to have that downtime. Recharge. So you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Steal an idea. Find out what someone's doing. Don't reinvent the wheel. So I, I'm sure also you can think of someone or some ones that love finding meaningful methods for tech integration, like me, in your, in your school. They might even be across the hall. Who knows? They probably have websites and spreadsheets and all, some sort of collection of tech tools, online research, so forth, so on, that they could suggest or maybe even come to your class and help with a lesson. Most administrators committed to a successful integration if you're rolling out, like we have at my school, we've, uh, we have Chromebooks, and the administrators are looking for ways to get that training, to have meaningful integration. It's a constant challenge. And what I like about what we're doing, just as a side note, is that we are admitting, hey, we're going to screw up. But our, but our goal is to do it right. So patience and not perfection. I like that. So reflect on the idea of how you want to integrate it. Dr. Epler's feedback model. Let me use that on you. I like the idea of tech integration. It has multiple opportunities for enhancing student achievement. My concern, like yours, is how will we make this happen? Well, let's research integration ideas and ask our principal or colleagues to help us make this happen. It can be simple. It doesn't have to be a difficult thing. And I would encourage you to make that decision. 
This isn't a decision that's out of your control. If you feel like you're getting into tech integration and it's too difficult or it's you're you're driven, you're demanded to do it, then don't. Back off and take a look at it. Reevaluate. All right, I'm going to throw you a bone here. Tech tip integration ideas. So we already talked about reflection on reflecting. So I wanted to just give you three that you probably have heard of. Maybe you have, maybe you haven't. I guess that doesn't really matter. If you want to reflect, Padlet, Flipgrid, and Twitter. Pick one. If you are feeling techy and you're up and rolling, try them all. All types of collaboration opportunities. Padlet offers the uh, organization of all types of links, posts, video, and you can create them, and then from what I've heard in podcasts, you can put a Padlet inside of a Padlet. So maybe you're reflecting that way. Maybe you put that question up there. Flipgrid is a video social and has become free. because I believe Windows bought it, so it's all free. It used to have a paid version. Give them a question. Let them take a video on their phone, on their device, and post it. And I believe in both of those, like Twitter, you can like it, you can comment. And in the first two, you, the teacher, can moderate. You can control how much gets said. Maybe you just want some stars or some thumbs up. You don't want any words. Maybe you're still working on that positive potential concern overcome or whatever reflection feedback piece. Twitter, I put, I started using it a little bit more uh, just recently where I pulled my leaders together in the band and uh, I had started a brand new wrinkle in the system, less me driven and more them driven in the band. Uh, obviously they need m me to train them in the musical aspects, but Training them as a leader, they really don't get unless they do. They really have to have some freedoms to try their ideas, use the leadership that they have. So I started. We have uh, not not an uncommon uh, tactic. I just pull them up, the, up at the beginning of a rehearsal, or at the end of a rehearsal, or I'll have even a separate meeting, and I just try to fire about two questions at them. Or I'll have um, uh, my drum majors totally run it. And even uh, down to what are we doing in this rehearsal? What do you think we need to do? Most of the time they know because they've had me long enough. They've been performing. They know what needs to be done. It's more the method of the seamless, uh, more effective maybe rehearsal. So you're not spending so much time, say, reading everything to them. But rather uh, reading everything to the band. Excuse me, I left that out. So if you write an agenda for rehearsal, which my drum majors do, instead of reading that or telling them everything that we're going to do word for word, you just highlight it and move on. And we've also been sharing 
And so on Twitter, I did some live broadcasts at camp uh, where we were doing things together. So that kind of promoted the group, you know, activity. But then there were a couple of times where I had the leaders and I said, hey, what do you like about this? What's better? And um, I was so uh, proud and moved, I think, as an educator. Um, I think that uh, one of the things for me, as you hear, I'm getting all confused in my talking here. I'm always amazed at what kids will bring that I didn't expect. I mean, and I expected great thoughts and so forth, but man, oh man, uh, that's what keeps you coming back. So, and that was with, with the tech and they were open and comfortable with sharing. I mean, so, you know, obviously you have to build that and make sure your group has that feeling of being comfortable sharing their thoughts and everybody then will put the filter up. So they say things that they're comfortable having out there. But for me, it was the reflection aspect that I know they'll remember that. And I know other people will see that and that that could motivate and inspire them. And it's just such a ripple effect. So take a look at Padlet or Flipgrid or Twitter. I'm sure there's plenty of other plenty of other tools out there but my point here is is you don't have to go looking for that really great wonderful new thing that nobody's using that kind of doubles up on you and like I, as i said in that second segment keep it simple find somebody that's been doing something just steal from them This has been the Old Dog New Tech Podcast with your host, Jeff West. I hope you enjoyed your time. And remember, with EdTech integration, it's about being patient and not perfect. <laughs>